1: Hello everybody and welcome to the Super J-Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, it's finally over. G1 is behind us. How are you feeling?
0: We're tired, right? It's always a, it's always a struggle um, at certain points where you think on paper it's, uh, oh, what a pleasure. We haven't had wrestling in so long and good wrestling. And uh we got it every night. But then, you know, you fall behind one night and you're playing catch up and you never seem to, to be able to recover. Um it's a grind. Um but it's a good grind, right? There could be worse things, and a lot of the stuff we saw was really interesting and really fun. Uh other stuff for me, and again we'll talk about it as we go along. That's why we're here. I don't know if it landed with me. I don't know if it landed. Um, it was a weird year for G1. Why not? It's a weird year for everything. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still trying to kind of sort out what I think of it. So maybe I'll figure it out here tonight on a podcast, uh, where billions of people listen. <laughs> no, billions. Uh, a hand, a, 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 more than a handful. I think
1: we're somewhere between a billion listeners, Joel, and a handful. I'm sure the listeners want to hear about my experience with a man-witch. Because I I texted you when I was in the shops, because I I live very close to this supermarket that has a lot of uh, international imported products. And I saw a can of man-witch there. The picture of a sloppy joe on the front. I never had a sloppy joe, so I took a picture, sent it to you. I was like, David, yes or no? And you were all in favor of it, right? Yes. I I, uh,
0: like on a nice soft hamburger bun, some chopped onions, Uh, it's, I think it's a, uh, and it's quick and easy. It's not difficult to make Uh, any dummy can make it. Um, I give it, I'll give it a solid eight. How about that? I'll give it a solid eight.
1: I had it yesterday. I found a nice hamburger bun. You know, one of those nice little brioche hamburger buns. Perfect. Followed your advice. Some diced onions. I I went rogue. I put some chopped, uh, how would you call them in the States? Dill pickles or gherkins as we call them. Mm. Sprinkle those on the top, and a little bit of fresh chili as well. Nice, nice. It's really good. I liked, liked it a lot. It's a, it's a good comfort food. Yes. Nice sauce. Very nice. It's a bit like a bolognese sauce, but more sort of tangy, a bit more spiced than that. Right. So, and, so yeah. I'm a fan.
0: Yep. it's somewhere like a cross between like a like a like a Texas chili kind of, um, and uh, yeah, bolognese. That's a, that's a very good description. Um, yeah.
1: Almost like sort of like a Caribbean spice to it with a sort of like fruity citrusy yeah. kick to it yeah it's a little
0: sweet but a little spicy um like a tomato saucy base
1: yep yeah yeah, yeah. you 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 welcome to america welcome to america Joel. <laughs> i don't know if i'm ready to go all in and buy some hot pockets but <laughs> i i think next time i go back i'll look at the american imported stuff and you can see if you can recommend something to you because that is an ongoing feature of the show. Joel tries American Feet. Yeah.
0: Well, how about this? If you want to try a Hot Pocket, what you can do right now is just take off your shoe and start chewing. That would be the closest thing that you could come to a Hot Pocket. The most flavorful, it's just hot. The flavor is hot, not spicy, just temperature. That's, that's the flavor of a Hot Pocket. It's that of drywall and hot. Ugh, they stink. Um. No, I'm. I'm happy for the sandwich. I mean, it's. Uh, I mean, it's not like I have one fucking every day, but you do. You, every once in a while, you get a little hankering for it. Um, and you get that, maybe some fries, or you know, you. you I don't know, just even something simple like a, something, you, know,
1: you know, a, little, a little sour cream and onion, uh, crisps. You got yourself a nice little lunch. Well, I tell you what, crisps I've got. I have got some special Pringles that were fish and chips flavor. How was that? Not bad, actually. I was a bit apprehensive because anything that says it's fish flavored i I'm like, mm, is this going to be, is this going to taste like cat food? No. But it didn't. It actually, it tasted like tartar sauce, which was uh, a good direction for the, the crisp flavours. There too, there was, they were calling them Pringles passports. There was London fish and chips, which is hilarious because no one in London eats fucking fish and chips. It's, like, it's the food you eat when you go to the seaside, like when you're on holiday. And uh, New York cheeseburger. And I haven't had the New York cheeseburger one yet, but I'll, I'll let you know when I do.
0: Okay. I don't think New York is really known for the cheeseburgers. I'm going to be very careful. No, it's, right, it's
1: sort of a swing and a miss with these these cities they pick. They're just like, let's pick a random American city. And it's, yeah, not quite. I,
0: when I was younger, I when and traveled a little bit. Like you would go to different cities. And, you know, Philadelphia, of course, is... All about the fucking cheese steak, um, but you would go to like Boston and get their version of a fucking cheese steak. You know, nine times out of ten, it was just shit. Um, and it's weird how it's like it's got to be this thing, but it's true. I mean, like if you don't have it, like as it should, it's just it's just not the same. Um, I'm trying to think of do I have had any culinary adventures in the past couple of weeks. And I can't say that I have. I'm really, I'm really racking my brain. I I haven't had anything that has blown me away. Like I've had like decent. Oh no, I take that back. I did have a fucking. I had a lobster Benedict. Oh my God, this was fucking good. This was this was off the charts good. Um, as you can imagine, pricey as hell. I think it, I think I had to refine my house to fucking buy it. But uh. It was, that was good. That's probably the best thing I've had in months, being, to be truthful. But besides that, no, not, no, no real, co- I, I'm still a little apprehensive of dining in. We're we're kind of open a little bit, but even then, you're just like, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm comfortable sitting in this fucking restaurant with these morons without their masks and shit. It's uh, still a little, a little and, and Joel, I don't know if you've heard, we're, uh, we're trending incredibly in the wrong direction, by the way. We are,
1: we're worse off? No, I'm sh- I i can not think why. You, <laughs> there's been so <laughs> fastidious in there I know. protective measures for this old COVID. I know this could have ended so long ago. and I, I just feel like
0: I'm a dude that's gonna I'm not a, the biggest rule follower in the world, but I was I felt like I was crossing my eyes or crossing my eyes, dotting my eyes and crossing my T's on this and now uh, we're worse off than we were and and it's weird because it's like the the feeling in march and in april where you're like all right you see these numbers and you see the the implications and the hospital rates and all that stuff and it's like okay shut everything down everything you know i I didn't leave my fucking house you know (laughs) we didn't do anything and now the numbers are worse and it just seems like people have this kind of cavalier attitude toward it i think people have had just enough of it But you can't have just enough of it. I don't know. That that, that's not really a great response. So maybe it's
1: intentional, Damon. Right? Because I've been reading this book called The Dictator's Handbook, and I was reading this this fascinating chapter about foreign aid, which by and large ends up in the pocket of whoever's running the country. But it says that when there's like a natural disaster or something of that ilk, the leaders, usually autocrats, will uh, deliberately fail to alleviate the situation Why? in an attempt to make things look worse mm. so then they get more foreign aid so rather than trying to fix the problem themselves they'll let it go to shit and then the the, the people who addition out the foreign aid look at that country and think oh my god it's terrible the poor people and then they give more foreign aid because if the government or the dictator autocrat whoever uh takes control of the situation fixes everything then the aid organization will be like oh well they don't need anything so maybe, maybe that's what they're trying to do in the States. They're trying to make themselves appear like a third world country to try and get some uh, foreign aid. Maybe we'll have a charity line concert. Yeah, we're, somebody call Bob Geldof, please.
0: We need a, we need a, we need a live aid or something. I need Duran Duran to hit another false note. Um, uh, we, um, look, it's going to be a, it's going to be a chaos time. And a nice segue there by me. Um. Uh, for the next couple, you know, our elections right around the corner. I think we got about what two weeks, and I've already voted, and I already have mailed in my ballot. So I let it's my. You
1: wonder they're both so good. I just I can't pick between <laughs> them. I'm glad I'm not an American.
0: <laughs> I know it's such a. They're so. Uh, so uh, yeah, but uh, I think uh, I think everybody knows which way I, I went on this one. Uh, No secrets there. Uh, I just need this to end quickly. I just need some – I just need this to end quickly because it's – we've gotten to the point where uh, we need a change and we need it now. So, But again, vote with your conscience and vote with your voice. Please don't let me be the one to sway.
1: Who am I, right? Uh, But, yep. Listen to my advice. Think of the foreign aid you'll get if you (laughs) – Right. Right in particular ways it's a very good point hey
0: joe i don't know uh do you watch any of this g one
1: uh damon first of all we've got to oh. talk about new japan strong uh, okay great and, so I didn't watch it. i've <laughs> given up on the next week's card to be fair looks good i'm gonna i don't know what it is off the top of my head i should have probably looked that up before uh bringing up this topic but i saw manabu tweeting that it wasn't very interesting so i thought you know what i'm gonna treat myself and not watch Strong <laughs> this week. Uh, but oh. they, they, they're doing this never gimmick. So it's uh, heavyweights against juniors. So uh, this Friday, this is the card. And you tell me if this interests you. If This is good. This, this is the canary down the mine. If it makes you interested enough to watch it, then they've succeeded. So here's our okay. card. We've got Fred Rosser against Clark Connors, which I yeah. think is quite interesting because you know, Fred Ross, big, muscular guy, Clark Connors. I don't know if he's, he's kind of been positioned as a junior, but he's also won this Lions Break crown. So... That'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Second match, ACH against Carl Fredericks. That should to me, be good. That's intriguing. Just from the booking standpoint, you've got a, a veteran like ACH who's been working with the company for many, many years and Carl Fredericks new guy on the scene. Third match, we've got Brody King and Flip Gordon against Guerrillas of Destiny. And then fourth match, Rocky Romero against Jay White. I think that looks quite tasty. That's a good show. I mean, for, for a 45-minute watch, I bet you
0: that could be very good. Um... Yeah, I, I, you know what? I would tune into that. Absolutely, sure. Consider, we'll, we'll out next
1: Tuesday it. evening. Yeah, I know. Take I your money watch. where your mouth is. And- <laughs> yeah, I don't watch that shit.
0: <laughs> uh, no, that's That's actually one of the the, the sexier strong shows that uh, on paper. I miss Man- uh, 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 Manabu. I do. I, uh, I was thinking about him the other day, and uh, how am I going to get strong zeros <laughs> this
1: was- year? Was my- I've still got like most of the ones that he gave me at home because he only gave them to us in what, January. Yeah. And then I left my home in early February. So they're still sitting there in my apartment. So that's you know just an added layer of tragedy about me not being able to get home, is not oh. being able to enjoy my strong zeros. But maybe when I get back, whenever that is, I'll just drink them all in one go. And,
0: oh my god, go I nuts. would. I, yeah, you're going to black out for like 3 days. Um yeah, I know. So I kind of resigned obviously Tokyo's off the oh, off Oh, fuck. Foot.
1: I've just realized something. What? You know, I told you about my colleague who's, who says he's interested in staying in my apartment. He's going to drink them all. He's going to drink them all because he's Japanese-American. Mother. So he oh. knows how delicious Strong Zero is. Yeah, he's going to open
0: that fucking refrigerator and he's it's going to be like, ah, a fucking shining light coming out of it. Uh... Yeah, you, you you might have those. I mean, yeah, and he's Japanese, so he knows the fucking joys of pounding down two strong zeros and lying on your couch in his underwear. <laughs> um, oh, and, or maybe and he'll, or, he'll have
1: just come out of two weeks of quarantine as well, so he'll be oh, thirsty.
0: Yeah, he's gonna bring some hose. Oh Done. Oh
1: no. <laughs> he's gonna.
0: Yeah, that that you you might want to get a new couch. Because he's gonna, he's gonna litter that fucking thing. Uh, yeah. Well, they, they might be gone. Um, they, they, they might be gone. Sorry, Joel. Yeah, I can't. I, I, I can't even put a, a shiny spin on it. You... <laughs> that might be the worst thing that's happened to me this year. Yeah, that might be. <laughs> that might be. I mean, you can ask him. Just be like, look, just save me one or two, please. Just. You know, I'm, I, I, and and make people like look. It's really the one thing that's keeping me fucking sane at this point. Like the idea that that is over this, you know, over the horizon. I, I, I need one or two there. He would leave one or two there. Better. If not, I would. The minute you walked in, I would just cut him. <laughs> just stab him in the fucking chest. <laughs> you son of a bitch. You traitor. All right, um, that's a good, strong show. I like that. Uh, I miss my strong zeros. I, there's that. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was thinking about, I took vacation days for uh, January, just so um, I'll be home and watch I'm going to try to recreate the fun. I don't think it will be as fun. <laughs> With Cheryl on the couch asleep, me and me being like, wake up, come on. It's just like we're at Tokyo Dome. No. It's not. It's not going to be the same Uh, probably. Oh, well. What are you going to do? Cry? Yep, I
1: will. Let's stick with that topic, Damien, because there's some stuff in the Tokyo Sports about New Japan owner Takaki Kidani, who's got two goals for the 50th anniversary in 2022. He wants to continue running the Tokyo Dome two days in a row and also return to terrestrial primetime broadcasting. So He says, and I quote, we'll run shows on the 4th and 5th and start airing at 8 o'clock on the 7th, which is Friday. TV Asahi official commented, New Japan Pro Wrestling is becoming more and more important to the station as content. Uh, Tokyo Sports added, with full backing of the Bushiro group, it's not a pipe dream. And Tokyo Sports also reports that the Tokyo Dome shows, Wrestle Kingdom on January 4th and 5th, are currently expected to be capped at around 20,000 fans due to COVID-19 restrictions. So, Damon, your thoughts about everything I've just said? Kind of shocked
0: by when we first found out that it was going to be a double dome. Um, uh, again, we're capping attendance at right around twenty thousand. Um, on the on the plus side, it does help the fans that are there to get in the building and watch some pro wrestling. So, um, I definitely can appreciate that. I am a little skeptical that they have the at least compelling and interesting storylines and talent to pull off another double dome. It felt to me like, I don't want to say that they they shoved five pounds of shit in a, a, or excuse me, ten pounds of shit in a five pound bag last year, but... Uh, I kind of felt like the the idea of uh, back-to-back dome shows was like a one-off. I don't know if I'm the biggest fan of 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 a continuous double dome. Uh, I just don't think I I'd rather have one good solid show than bits and pieces of it where it's like okay, let's all right. Yeah,
1: it's and more like I damn is in it. I mean that having those 3 uh, eight man tag matches to kick off night one. It's right. We expect better than that from Wrestle Kingdom. So right, yeah. And
0: I think even last year there was a little bit more compelling storylines that you could draw out. Whether it's the you know the actual double double belts and the, and the tournament that was there. You had Liger retirement. Yeah. Um, there was I think there was a lot you could kind of fucking stretch out. I'm gonna be honest with you. I don't. I was worried about just a, a regular card, <laughs> a, you know, a single singular Wrestle Kingdom this year. Like, okay, how, how are we going to make this as sexy as possible? And now we're going to do two nights, huh? Okay. Uh, I, I, I will say this, and even in a COVID year and a year where we're limiting attendance, I think these dome shows are fucking pivotal. I mean, this will be the first Dome show under the new management. This will be um, something where we're trying to impress major networks for prime time and and better TV spots and more opportunities for merchandising and uh, marketing. Like, they don't want to take a step backwards in Japan like they had. I mean, not that they would in the United States is bad, but um, you definitely don't want to go backwards. Uh, um, And and, I'm... just a s- tiny bit skeptical that they're going to be able to put their best foot forward. And I think this G1 helped kind of not only say uncover that, but I think it speaks to that a little bit of, okay, we're we're going all in here on, on some things where I don't know if the foundation is as solid as we want it to be.
1: So we've got a couple of questions about this. Uh, Kyle says, assuming Ibushi retains the G1 briefcase, do you see New Japan doing the same mini tournament as last year, uh, seeing as it's two nights again? And Sean says, should they just do a four-way elimination match for the final night of power struggle with the double belts? Uh, what do, do you think the gimmick could be, if any, having these two nights at the Dome? Uh, I've heard a few ideas. So you know, maybe they do the, the double dash again. Someone said maybe they do the heavyweight title night title fight on night one and then heavyweight champion versus junior champion on night two. So maybe you, you get you know, Naito Ibushi on the fourth and then Naito Hiromu on the fifth. Or do you think given that there is a 20,000 cap, they can just put on two good shows and sell out both nights without the need of a gimmick? I think that's where
0: I would go. I don't know if that's where they will go. Because I think the idea of the of the double belts was really something that was You know, you needed the Naito storyline to help that along. I just think the idea of double champion isn't as interesting as Naito being the double champion uh, and him winning really the top prize. Um, I I mean, I like the fact that in this company, not only do they give their top guys, you know, an opportunity with the, the big boy belt. They also have little things to make them special, little bonus checks, if you will. Um, You know, Naito, double champion. Um, Okada, longest reign. Uh, You know, Abush, back-to-backs. You know, he's in rarefied air with G1. So they give them little special things to kind of make them special and separate. Um, And I think the double belt thing was more of a let's make Naito special as opposed to let's
1: combine the belts. Um, But I mean, there was a functional purpose to it as well in taking the Intercontinental well removing one of the singles titles. And I think I would say I haven't missed having an extra belt around. And also we haven't had the US champion defending. So I don't necessarily think the product will be improved by throwing... An extra single title, like, you know, decoupling the, the IC and the heavyweight title and even throwing the US title. I think they have enough titles given the roster that they're dealing with. They have too
0: many rosters. I'm mean, too many rosters, too many titles. Um, and you forgot the prestigious uh, king of pro wrestling title, Joel, um, <laughs> which everyone's excited for. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I do miss the Intercontinental. I, and I do miss that structure of big boy belt, secondary belt, you know, beefy boy belt, and junior belt. I, I I just think if we just kept it at that, I would be more than happy. To me, personally, I think the U.S. belt we could we could toss that in a fucking bin, and I would have I would lose no sleep over that. Um. Uh. Is the idea to split them up? I don't know. I will say this to me this year, especially, I think this is, this is the greatest chance of having someone lose the briefcase. Like if it like gun to my head, I would say, and again, I, we don't know anything. Let's be very clear about that. But if it's going to happen, what? why the fuck up? Uh, why, why not now? Um, and have that briefcase be lost? Um, a- right. and we'll we'll it- come to that
1: when we're okay. discussing power struggle.
0: Okay, but I think that's that—that's a strong possibility.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's get into the G1 final itself then. So, the match was A Block winner Kota Ibushi defeating the B Block winner Sanada in thirty-five minutes twelve seconds with a kamigoye. and that is the longest G1 climax final in history, I believe. Felt like so, I mean, here is the thing, David. Like, usually. When there's been a G1 Climax Final, I would like to come on the show and have a little passionate monologue about how much I enjoyed the match, what it meant to me, the significance of it. But I haven't got one for you this time. I don't have any hot takes. It was a very good match. It was It was exciting. It was well-paced. It was well-worked. I was cheering for Sonada by the end, which you know, maybe is a product of the way the match was laid out and how well Sonada did. May have been due to other factors. Um give a shout out to Leprechaun for doing such a great job moderating our Discord channel. Uh, I'll tell you what, she's also got a finger on the, the button when it comes to these upsets. She's been calling quite a few of them, so definitely give her a follow. But my point is like, I when I was watching the match I did get that you know, that nervous excitement you get that comes with the big matches, but it didn't hit that peak, peak G1 Climax final. You know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. at the level of stuff we've been used to in the previous years, like Naito Omega or Ibushi Tanahashi or Ibushi J. White. Never reached that point. We didn't get Murder Ibu. You know, he didn't do that, you know, with the glassy eyes and start beating the shit out of Sanada. There wasn't really a story to the match. And um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. It was just two guys going out there to win the match using their wrestling skills a bit of everything, there was a bit of leg work there because Ibushi had his bad leg from the Tai Chi match, and they played into that a bit, but it wasn't a consistent part of the match, it wasn't something that you know played into the finish or anything. Because they, they were emphasizing throughout in the English commentary at least that this was going to be a clean match, you know, there's just two good, handsome boys fighting cleanly, they're not going to do anything dirty. A couple of botches, a few blown spots, Worked pretty safe, there were no crazy crazy moments, you know, like a, a Naito Omega with people getting dropped on the head or whatever. They didn't do anything like that. But it was still a really good match. And I think they did a tremendous job building up the O'Connor Bridge, given that Sonata be evil with it the night before. And it was probably the most iconic moment of that match. Like very spectacular, really memorable, that 2.999 kickout from Ibushi. And the crowds were really into it. Like, There's one thing you've got to say and acknowledge that Even with these clap crowds, the crowd were yelling. They were really excited about the idea of Sonata winning this G1 Climax. So I'm starting to think, you know, maybe we've been a bit spoiled with the quality of these matches over the last few years. Like we've come to expect a perfect match in a five star, unforgettable, historic, classic match. And maybe that's not necessarily fair to expect that every time. But overall, I would say the match was very good, but not great. Um, Where did you stand on it? Well, I'm gonna disagree
0: with you in the sense that um this is where you do expect great because the the idea of this tournament um has always been that the two most talented guys or at least uh two guys who can go are put in the ring to give you that climax um at the end of a you know of a of a growing tournament that by and large is exciting and fun and, you know, you're invested throughout. In no way, shape, or form was I invested in this final. I just wasn't. Um, Especially, you know, coming off of Block A final night where it felt like you got, for me anyway, like some of the best of pro wrestling. What, What makes pro wrestling great? I feel like you got a lot of that. And I was, I was pumped for after watching the A block show and then the B block show happened, and I'm telling you, I the common denominator, and I know people there's there's an audience that agrees, and then there's an audience that may not like it, but the truth of the matter is the common denominator is Sonata and Evil, <laughs> right? They just don't do it for me. Um Look. Uh, I just don't know how it, it, he just he just, it just he's just not a guy who's going to deliver in 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 a fashion that you need for a G one final. I'm sorry, this that that G one final. There's not a person under the sun that was like that match blew me away. That match knocked my socks off, pants down. But there wasn't any of it. And you're right. We would normally at the end of a G one talk passionately about the final, and there was there was nothing to be had. You turned off that show, and you were like, "Hmm, huh, okay," and you shoulder shrugged, and 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 there was you know there's there was nothing that that got you going, that got you juiced up, that got you fired up, that gave you the passion of. Of what G1 delivers. So no. I think it's their responsibility to do that. I think it's it's an expectation. That I don't think is unwarranted. It's your biggest show of the year. Minus Wrestle Kingdom. Is anyone. Going to. And again 2020 is a wacky fucking year. Is anyone. Going to put that finals match. In their top three matches of the year. When we have our awards, I will be shocked if that match makes it into the top three. And that has never happened when we talk about awards. It just it it just wasn't there. And again, I do like the story of Abushi, you know, getting the win and, and again giving him that bonus that, that I talked about earlier. Joe, the beginning of this match put me to fucking sleep. It really did. It, I, I was fading away. In the middle of the day. Fading away. And and I actually muttered out, this is the fucking G1 finals and I'm falling asleep. I don't know, man. I, I, look, Sonata does nothing for me, period. But I giving this big of a role in two matches... <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know what to say. I I, I honestly, I don't want to say I'm disappointed. And there were plenty of things that I enjoyed about this G one. I I I just I'm I'm left, kind of like okay, that's done. Let let's move on. Where where the speculation and the briefcase and the uh, like, like I, just, I, I don't feel that now. Um, and I think they lost momentum. I really do. That that final night and that B block really fucking took the wind out of my sails. And you know, I was I was pumped after that block A final that that show. I feel like we went from some of the the most creative, almost Bill Watts esque stuff going on to a completely flat final for B. And then again, a final match that I don't think I saw anyone rate that more than four stars. I don't think I saw anyone rate that more than four stars. No, but I saw a lot of, it was good, but certainly not a G one final. And I feel like there are a lot of people that are just trying to justify the fact that they spent a fucking month to have the final be that. And try to talk themselves into ah that was good but it wasn't a G1 final okay all right that
1: means thumbs down to me okay I think that's a fair point that our expectations should be higher maybe we should go into these matches like a Wrestle Kingdom main event or a G1 climax final and expect a close to perfect match, something unforgettable. And we certainly didn't get it here. So I think there's fair points from you. And it just brings us back to the, the same old discourse about Sonata, doesn't it? And we've got, well, two questions actually on both sides of the coin. Elliot says, maybe you've explained this before, but is there something the Japanese crowd loves about Sonata that just doesn't translate to, for example, me? And George says, even though earring Sonata doesn't match the standard set by the best in the company the reactions he got during the B-Block final and the G1 final are easily the loudest since the pandemic era. Is it time to admit that Sonata is a star whether we want him to be or not? It just seems to me, you joked about it before, usually in relation to Gotto, but, well, first of all, the fact that he's lost another big final, it's like he's chief, say, a strongbow now, isn't he? Yeah. Because he just he, he's building this reputation as a guy who gets to the big match and can't win it. But maybe that's a good spot for him, considering he he's not uh, an elite wrestler in the company. He's a good wrestler. He's athletic. He's very handsome. He's very popular with domestic fans. He brings in uh, a lot of. Let's, let's be honest. He brings in a lot of women viewers, and yeah. I think that's not a, a terribly controversial statement. And he's a good worker in ring. He's pretty safe. Doesn't do anything crazy. And thus, he has got this spot in the company as an upper mid-carder, but maybe he's not going to go further than that.
0: Uh, I mean, we, we you could have said the same thing about Evil, right? And then, next thing you know, he's winning a fucking title. Um, I mean, look, we've... I feel like I've given my critiques on... Sonata forever and, and it's the same things over and over Nothing's again. Like changed. that Yeah. That that's that, that hasn't changed. Um he's in that position for a reason. I mean, I don't think this is a, a situation where the company is shoving him down people's throats just because of political favors or things like that. Like they're th- th- he absolutely is a popular guy for all the reasons that you listed that doesn't discount the fact that he just doesn't do it. And, and, and again, I don't think that it's even a, like, it's not like you go over to Tokyo and there's fucking banners flying for Sonata. You know what I mean? Like he's popular, but he's not like the guy or even one a guy in in my mind. Um, popular. Yes. But like, is he more popular than you know your top guys? I, probably not. Um I don't I don't <laughs> maybe I'm a person who puts too much stock and value in that match. That 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 I want what a, what I want to feel when I turn off a, a big New Japan Pro Wrestling Show. Maybe I'm a guy that puts too much stock into that. Uh, but again, this is not just a fucking house show in the middle of fucking Fukuoka. It's the G1 Finals. And not only G1 Finals, but, you know, the end of a block and then the finals. I don't know. I just thought it was a weird spot. And, and here's the thing, too, with A. I love the fact that when we had Ishii win, um, you know, the focus is on Jay White and how downtrodden and, you know, how he he fucking missed the empty net, basically, um, to get into the finals. Um, and, And I like all that. I like that story and I like that and the fact that there was no celebration from Ishii and it wasn't that thing. It was more of the loss of Jay White. Um I kind of don't like the fact that that like we had to use math to be the deciding factor for someone winning a pro wrestling event. Does that make sense? Like we have a ring there and we have ropes and we have fans and I would love to have seen someone win to get in as opposed to someone get in by Fucking math and, you know, the hypotenuse of a fucking triangle. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the idea – like, you, somebody to win to get in. Um, and I understand why they did it and the story, and I get it. But, I don't know, I just kind of like uh, – like, a person – like, abushi got in after – an announcement over the, the the PA system explaining the fucking convoluted math of this guy beat this guy and then that, that guy lost to that guy and that guy has this many points, he's in. Okay, <laughs> okay, great. It just seemed a little anticlimactic
1: to me. All right, well, we sort of veered into another topic there. I, I just think I'm just curious looking at this power struggle card where Sonada is missing from that. He's not on this show, right? And right. Achilles Blue says, what's next for Sonata? Uh, Maps says, is Sonata a perfect fit for Intercontinental title? What do you do with him now? I don't know. Like, you're
0: right. I don't know. What do you do with him? Because you've built him up to be, you know, at least a guy who's going to be in video segments for the remainder of your your promotion's history in a finals match taking a pinfall again. Uh yeah what do you do with them? Stick him in a tag again? Like what do you do with him? He's a he's a He could easily win any of, of those minor titles at this point, right? They're secondary titles. It could be he could win any of them. He could win the never. He could he could be a tag champion. But, but, what do you do with them to make him interesting? And to my interesting, doesn't necessarily correlate with Japanese pro wrestling fans, you know, interest. So, I'm gonna be truthful. I don't have a good answer. I don't have a good answer just because I can't fucking put my finger on why this guy is at the place he is now, other than everyone telling me he's popular. The ladies love him., uh, he's a solid worker. And you know, people think he's a cool dude.
1: Okay, I not for me. Yeah, you think the bar should be higher than that? I do. Mm. I do. Well, but- how, how about thinking of making him interesting? Uh, this is a tweet I saw from Ian Drew Dice Clay says. A drunk sonata once got arrested in the UK for pointing to his cock uh, towards a hotel receptionist, and they called the police. All he wanted to know was where the toilet was, but couldn't speak English. <laughs> Borash had to talk to the police to explain it. Total Homer Simpson shit. Now I can't obviously we can't verify whether or not that's true or not, no. but <laughs> certainly makes it a bit more interesting in my eyes at least. Well, I'll tell you what, I'm stealing that story. That's for sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, it does make it worse you know what I kind of think I heard that before I'm not sure Uh, but yeah that's the oh boy lost in translation
1: what do you think of Sonata Joel he's good but not great he's not He never gets me as excited as I want to be for a big match and there are matches that he's in that I think are very, very good. I thought the Tanahashi match was really good. He's had a few really good matches in this G1, but he's inconsistent. He can be a bit sloppy, and he doesn't show the the fire. He doesn't have that extra gear to go into when it really matters. I mean, as a young 20-year-old, Joel, (laughs) um, uh, what am I missing? I, I think you know we've run the book on him at this point. He is what he is. I don't think he's going to improve. It's not going to get worse certainly, but it just it seems like he is a guy who can wrestle he uh, he he's not going to be able to drag an inferior wrestler to a better performance. He can be he can not necessarily match the level of his opponent, but he can rise up to something approaching that level. So again, when he's facing a a top, top wrestler like a Tanahashi or an Ibushi, he can be raised up to that level, but he's not a guy who can be relied on to give you consistently outstanding matches. This is a moment where he should have been rising. I
0: don't know if I got a rise. I'll tell you right now, I didn't get a rise. I got nothing. Flaccid. And even worse... How about that evil match?
1: Right, let that hang in the air. <laughs> is yeah. that, is, you want a response from me? Yeah, I, yeah, I do. Again, I they, they hadn't met since the what the New Japan Cup semi-final was it where Evil punched him in the dick and stole the win, basically. So this is what I mean. I'm, I'm this is a an intensely personal match between two guys who won tag, multiple tag team championships together right you should know each other inside out right you want to feel that sense of betrayal right i got that in the naito evil matches but i didn't feel that in sanada evil matches it just felt like two guys wrestling to see who's going to win b block rather than a guy who was like my brother and stabbed me in the back and now i'm going to make him pay you, you just Thank don't you. You're, you're never going to get that from sanada He's the cold skull, and I, I was looking for more in that match. That was – and again, you're putting that match for a reason.
0: Um, I said it all throughout G1 when we talked about Well Osprey. That match was there for a reason. This match was there for a reason. I was blown away at how fucking dry this was. Blown away. I – Correct me if I'm wrong, but if I'm... This is a... The setup to this is a pure definition of revenge. Uh, dare I go so far as to say... You know, feud. Blood feud. You turned on our faction. You turned on me. You fucked me over in New Japan Cup. You were, we were brothers. You fucked us. You're with these pricks now.
1: You, what? This was a match a bad one at that with you, you'd expect them to know each other's moves given the fact they've wrestled together for so long you would think you would think
0: what a I was just blown away at the just theirness of that match the, the just it was just there and it made absolute it was like We just erased. This is the worst thing I can say. That match felt like a fucking WWE match. In the sense of we forgot everything. And it felt like that led up to where we are right now. We had a match. A match. And it made no sense to me. Like it felt like. The minute they got in the ring, if you are a brand new fan to that product, like you, if you just dropped in G one's my first one, would you have any inkling aside from, you know, listening to commentary, would you have any clue that these guys were not only in the same faction, but tag team partners for years?
1: as I said I think that was something that should have been a significant part of the match and it wasn't and that is one of Sanada's shortcomings in my opinion that you're not able to get different levels from him based on the uh, the significance of the match you know that was a, a huge spot for him and I wanted to see angry pissed off Sonada, and we didn't get it and he's not capable of doing that okay then he shouldn't be in that position
0: right if yeah. he can't do that, he shouldn't be in that position.
1: Just saying. Just saying. All right. At the, we let's beat, let's so, move on uh, to the, the guy who actually won the G1. Let's talk about Ibushi, because he's a guy who, sort of some to some extent, flew under the radar in this G1. He just quietly went about his business, winning another G1 Climax. He had a really interesting tournament in as much as he was... Sort of reflecting his opponent's styles. When he fought Suzuki, he had a Suzuki match. When he fought uh, Osprey, he had an exciting high-flying match. Uh, so I thought it was very interesting from that standpoint. He made all of his opponents look good. So a lot of people have been disappointed by his G1. I thought he had a very, very good showing. So what's next for Ibushi? He said in his interview yesterday he wants to face Naito. He said it's got to be Naito. He wants Naito at the dome. He wants both belts. Do you think Ibushi is a guy that you p- can put the big belt on to be, this is the top guy in New Japan Pro Wrestling, and give him a run as the champion?
0: Yeah, I think he's one of the few guys you could. Uh, look, if, if you could do it with Evil, you, you absolutely could do it with Ibushi. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he checks all the boxes for me. Um, I, now, again, do, do we? he's not going to have a historic run, mind you. But I would have zero problem having him carry the big boy belt for a little bit. Um, I think we'd have some interesting matches. I think we'd have some good matches. I think we'd have some great matches. Um, (laughs) With that being said, I still have something needling me that this is going to be the year the briefcase gets moved. Um, But yeah, no, I would have no problem having him with a title run. And again, he's one of the few guys even – Pre wacky evil belt win, um, he would be one of those guys that I would say, again, no problem having a title run before Ibushi.
1: Yeah, I could see him winning the belt, having a good run with it. You know, I'm, I'm talking at least six months, maybe longer. And then similar to the story with Tanahashi, you know, he's, he's been having this Tanahashi story about sort of taking over, defeating gods. That started with him losing the G1 final in 2018, and then beating him in the 2019 G1, and then they've had this tag thing going on, and it's sort of like a a drawn out, but a, a passing of the torch. And I think Ibushi could play a similar role if you put the big belt on him, and then he can eventually put over someone else. Whether it is, you know, maybe a Jay White, we could have, you know, they've got a lot of history. Jay White could be the guy that Ibushi finally passes the torch to. It could be as a heel or as a baby face. So I think that would be a very valuable role for Ibushi and with Okada sort of being down cycled for the moment and Naito who's got his moment in the sun right now is leaning on very heavily in that G1 to put on these lengthy matches. Don't know how long that's going to continue. So Ibushi I think would be more than capable of being the next guy. You know, he wants to become God. I, I, I don't know if you've read Watchmen Dame, the comic book, but I've just, I realised some point a few days ago that he was like Dr. Manhattan so he's going to turn all massive and blue and be able to vaporise people just by pointing his finger at them so working on some t-shirts there Dr. Kagoshima that's, that's what we're going to do next Um, Liam says if Kota Ibushi becomes God who is the devil uh, so i leave you to think about that one, day. I'm going to throw another question as well. Anwar says, have they delayed Tanahashi Ibushi's story to be restarted if hypothetically Ibushi's IWGP champion in the spring or the fall? Uh, maybe he could win one of the big tournaments to earn a shot. So, you know, maybe we get a situation where Ibushi wins the IWGP title at Wrestle Kingdom, and then let's say we have Tanahashi winning the New Japan Cup and then they can sort of revisit their future. Do you, do you think that is something that they're going to come back to? Could they come back to it even with Ibushi as champion? And then also, who would be Ibushi's devil? Who would be the devil to Ibushi's god? Okay,
0: um, I mean, it would make sense. I mean, they they spent a long time planting seeds with the with the tag team situation. Um, so yeah, they absolutely could could hop back into that. That's not a bad idea. Not a bad idea at all. Uh, who plays the devil to Ibushi's god? <laughs> uh, I was going to say
1: a, a name that that has been banned I know, from this podcast. I know who you're <laughs> thinking. We all know who it is. <laughs> right. And as I'm pointing out on Discord, this person who you're thinking of, his New Japan entrance music was called Devil's Sky. So there you go. Uh, There's the answers to your question. Yeah. Uh, okay, Ryan says, what do you think ha-?
2: In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates,
1: happens with the double title do they use the two nights to split it wrestling with my girl says how do you go about splitting heavyweight icy belts in a way that makes sense and doesn't degrade the intercontinental so i know we sort of touched on that briefly before do you think this is something they're going to do uh, at some point soon and if so how do you think they might go about doing that
0: yeah like i said i thought this g1 was this you know as we saw I, i i can't pick a g1 for the fucking life of me so never listen to me when it comes to these things but uh the thought process was you know the redemption of of okada uh, and the idea of okada you know just wanting his his big boy title and that would be the easy way to do the split that doesn't look like it's going to be the case at this point um uh, truth be told i don't know if they are going to um split it might just dissolve and form into one and that'd be that um i, I know people are kind of waiting for the the way and the happening that that happened, but I don't know if, if, if that's 100% going to happen at this point. Um, again, we kind of set the narrative to, you know, we did a little fantasy booking to make that happen, but, um, I don't know if that's in in the future. You would think with two dome shows, you you might want to, but I don't know if it's 100% set in stone that they, that they split those titles up. Um, this
1: year or ever. At any rate, it was good to see Masihiro Chono back. So he was there for the G1 final. He was apparently joking on Japanese commentary about Harold May. He said that um, (laughs) it was something like Harold May abandoned from coming in and doing commentary uh, because after that, he'd never been invited to Japanese commentary until yesterday. So he was not... Present at all during the Harold May era, so I don't know if there's anything to that, but certainly something that at least the impression I get is that Chono seems to believe that May had it in for him and didn't want him to come. Really? Um, yeah. I thought he was. I thought he've, we've seen him before. Didn't we see him with Muda? Like, wasn't there one year they brought them both
0: out? Well, in the Harold May era, was it? Was Harold in there at the time? I don't know. know. Ah, might have been just before Harold. So maybe yeah. rings from Japanese Twitter. Alright, maybe we'll do a little more investigating on that. Hmm. That that controversy. Uh, yeah, you might be right about that. Now that you, now that you mention it. Hmm.
1: Okay. Um, anything else notable from nights 15 to 19 that you want to touch on? Um, I thought Suzuki talk- versus Jay White was really good. Taichi versus Shingo, excellent as well. Any any other matches that we've missed that you want to show some love to? Can we show some love to your boy? Can we show some love to your boy Taichi? Taichi? And and Abushi, look that that whole night, Damon, that night 17 was just such a great pro wrestling show, you know. Even right. not necessarily just the bell to bell, but you know, starting off with Dro finally getting that big win over Jeff Cobb, which I think right. all of us maybe secretly or maybe outwardly we all wanted to see huge, huge get off the blocks, and he did there, so that was great. Then we got the big Osprey turn with him attacking Kazuchika Okada we had the, the Okan thing we, you know, we'll talk about that when we preview power struggle but that was a big shock and then Ibushi versus Taichi with them just kicking the shit out of each other right. in a really unique match it was just like uh, 20 minutes of them just kicking each other incredible stuff I love that and then this White versus Ishii thing where they, they just throw out the traditional booking patterns Ishii gets his gold watch win but they just made the whole night about Jay White. You know? like you, you, mentioned it before. We, I was sort of scratching my head thinking, oh, what, that, what a strange way to end the block. But then you realise that it's very intentional, that this is a match that had been picked out from day one. They wanted the A block to end with Jay White failing in the middle of the ring against the guy who's not going to celebrate. There's no, nothing to distract attention. You don't have anyone doing a victory speech, confer- anything like that. It's just the guy who wins the match, Ishii, and then disappears to leave the, the focus on Jay White throwing his tantrum, a camera stayed with him, walking to the back, no victory promo from Ishii or Ibushi, it's the straight backstage, we're going to Jay White as well, so that whole thing, you know, we saw the match order, and we thought we had it all figured out, I mean, even before then, just, we saw when, when the fixtures were announced, at the beginning of the G1, we're with, you and I both were dead set, that it's going to be down to Okada Osprey. that's your main mm-hmm. event, wrong, it's just third match from the top, so I, I love the fact that we, uh, are, are wrong about things It's no fun when you're able to correctly predict things all the time So i am gratefully taken out there And just I thought it was a really Fascinating piece of booking Where you know traditionally you have The main event of a block final being a moment of victory To celebrate Where someone is elevated in winning that big match But they flipped it on its head there And made it all about defeat and Jay White's failure So just top to bottom there An outstanding Thrilling night of pro wrestling Night 17
0: I thought it was one of the best pro wrestling nights, um, I've seen, maybe in my entire fandom. I I was blown away. I, if you could see the text messages I'm sending to Joel about this fucking show, I was I was on cloud nine. I thought I, I, I you think I'm kidding? I thought it was one of the best booked. Uh, the, the the progression of the show, the little fucking carrots and the big payoffs and the swerves and the fucking keeping you guessing, I was in, I, I, I know I, I sounded very negative on the way that this G1 finals or G1 climax and and the finals, the way it ended. I know it, I, I was very down and I am very down on it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to dial that back. I was. And I think the biggest reason for that is after that fucking block, again, tai Chi and and Ibushi kicking the shit out of each other, right? Once again, it's tai Chi who has this creative match. I mean, let's keep in mind that he had that match, which it, was, it was with Kanemaru, right? Where they didn't lock up for 20 minutes, but it was still compelling pro wrestling. Like, it was Crazy. Uh, now this Taka. match. It
1: was Takamichi wasn't it?
0: Takamichi okay, Okay, okay. Um, now this match. Again, when I say kick, it was just kicks. It the entire match was kicks. They did nothing else. And I know on paper that sounds preposterous. It was fucking great. Um. Uh, again, the will turn. Um. I enjoyed thoroughly. Uh, and again, you know, we, we had been saying for months to circle that, make sure you, you know, let's point that out. Let's you know, this is this this match means something uh, over and above what people were speculating. Like we, it, it was it was there, um, and we'll take a fucking victory lap for that, uh, and then add to that again the idea of Jay White. Not just missing the empty net, missing the empty net, shooting high and wide with a goaltender nowhere to be found, which um, is it great. It's fantastic. Uh, and, and again, not having the streamers, not having the victory celebration. It was about the Jay White shit in the bed and Bullet Club kind of looking at each other like, well, what in the blue fuck? It's great pro wrestling, man. So again, I think even some of my disappointment with the way G1 ended had to do with the fact that it was such a letdown after Block A, after that night where I thought, again, the best way I could describe it was that was like a great uh, Bill Watts, Mid-South UWF era television show um, where you couldn't wait till next fucking week. Uh, I couldn't wait for the next day. And we went downhill from there.
1: Well, there are a lot of talking points to come out of that. And I would like to discuss those through the conduit of the Power Struggle card. So, first of all, they have announced some stuff for the Road to Karakon um, Hall. I think it's this Friday where we're going to have Suzuki can challenging for the never six man belts. Uh, first match we have for Power Struggle is an interesting one. Toriano versus Zack Sabre Jr. for the provisional KOPW title. Michael CC says... On the heels of Zach becoming the KPW champion, what obscenely goofy stipulations are we hoping for? Duchess of Queensbury rules, uh, rounds match, etc. So, your thoughts on Yano versus Zach, and maybe uh, ideas for what wacky stipulations you'd like to see in that?
0: Do you think it's a definite Zach wins?
1: No, not at all. But I'm excited to see it actually because I thought they had a really good match in the G1, not just because of comedy. And Zach is someone who's got underrated comic timing. But also, it was a good wrestling match on top of that. So whilst normally I would hand wave it, I'm looking forward to seeing what these guys come up with. Yeah. Um, Stips.
0: I I think it's submission matches, you know. I don't don't think you're going to get, like, wackiness. I think, you know, you're not going to get, like, kiss my feet match or some shit like that. Um, or, Or I sure as fucking hell not. I hope not. Uh, but I think it would be based around submissions or, you know, you have to win by submission or, um, you know, something along the line. Or maybe even, I mean, is it Zach that comes up with the steps or like how's his, how's his work again?
1: I think they both propose Had one and then the oh, fans okay. vote on it.
0: I wouldn't be surprised if you see Yana, you know, no DQ. Um, and Zach maybe, you know, submission or maybe even – no count. I know it's not creative, but I don't think you're going to see Zach being like, let's do a scaffold match. <laughs> I don't think that's happening anytime soon.
1: The, the second match is going to be Suzuki versus Shingo for the never openweight title. Here's an interesting little tidbit, Damon. In that A block, eight out of the ten guys were current or former never openweight title holders. And uh, I think by all accounts, people agree that was a tremendous block. So. Finally, maybe time to put some respect on the lineage of the never open way title. So, a few questions about this. Mixleclick Click says, I love motherfucking Shingo Takagi. I think this dude is a top guy. I'm not sure New Japan feel the same way. If there were interest from AEW and Shingo's contract wasn't long term, would you fault the guy for taking a chance on a change of promotion? I'd much rather see New Japan give Shingo the leadership of one of their factions, but I'm not convinced it's going to happen. Dan says, We all know how good Shingo is how much of a marquee signing he was and I don't doubt that he could do an excellent job with the IWGP heavyweight belt with that said do you think that New Japan shot themselves in the foot by bringing him in as a junior initially my feeling is he would boast more star stayers if they just brought him in as a heavyweight from the off and be seen as a bigger threat so uh, your thoughts about the positioning of Shingo and then this match against Suzuki
0: I I mean I've said it before that I thought he was you know the most valuable signing that the company has had in in years. Um, him and Ibushi. Um, I don't have a problem with them bringing him in as a junior first. I mean, look at all the people that they've done that before, too. And great things have gone on uh, in their careers. Um, yeah, he's one of my favorite guys. There's, I don't think I, I, I shy away from that. Uh, do I think he's heavyweight champion? Uh, I, I mean, I, I, I still... I'm under the mindset of that belt, only few people touching it. But evil <laughs> was one of those things that just kind of threw that away. Uh, so if we're going by, do I like him enough to have him be a champion? Yep. He does check a lot of the boxes for me. Um, the AEW thing, I mean, look, if if he wanted to, he could. Let's put it that way. And nobody's going to say no. I mean, he's come to the states. He's he's wrestled for Ring of Honor a couple of times, um. I, but that's I mean you know you know guys have these ideas of becoming a superstar in the states, and sometimes that works and sometimes that doesn't work. Um, but I think he would be treated fairly in AEW if he wanted to go. But I I, I just don't see that happening. But if that's what he wanted, he could definitely do it.
1: And what are your predictions for the match against Suzuki?
0: You didn't like the match, did you? When they wrestled, did you?
1: I liked it okay. It's it's just one of those matches that we saw at Jingu. I thought the match on the night 17 was not as good as the Jingu match. It's just there's not a great deal to say about it. It's just you know two angry guys pulling angry faces, whacking each other really hard. It's it's entertaining enough, but. There's only uh, that only reaches a certain level of enjoyment for me. Man, I think it'll be good. I think the bar
0: is always good, and then it depends on, you know, if the synergy is right that particular evening of it reaching a, a, a greater level. And sometimes that has a lot to do with what Suzuki's going to put in. You know, like what what he's going to dictate the match. Like like Shingo is not calling that match. Let's be very clear. Uh, I would I would be shocked if somebody said that uh, that he was calling the, calling the match. Uh, so it really depends. It depends on what kind of mood people are in. If we, if we get great levels, but I think the bar is is at least good. Um, and if you like the hard hitting shit, you know the guys standing in the middle of the ring exchanging forearms. Um, and and let's be truthful they these two guys have you know, some of the best shot like like if you're gonna watch two guys stand in the middle of the ring and trade and exchange blows, these are guys that you would want to see because they you know, between the fucking lead pipe that uh Suzuki has apparently in his forearm when he delivers those shots and Shingo with the those those bombers that'll knock somebody's fucking head off. Uh yeah. These, these are two guys I'd like to see do that. So again, let's set the bar at good, um, and it could it can reach great levels.
1: Sentient Amanita says so. With all the potential faction shakeup, what's the timetable on Suzuki leaving his goon? Because with Tai Chi on top, given the way Tai Chi Zach come across, it seems like they would be able to play tweener like Lij hasn't been able to for years. So yeah, there's been rumours circulating for a while that Suzuki's on his way out. He's still here. How long do you think he sticks around? It's fifty something, right? I mean, maybe uh, you
0: know you would assume that we'd be winding down a career instead of ramping up. Um, we've already planted the seeds for the Tai Chi win, so yeah. I mean, I think it's a, an eventual thing. I think I don't, I couldn't give you a timetable of when. Really, it's it's about Suzuki probably and what he feels like he's his body is willing to put up with, but. Yeah. And even, the, and even then, I think Suzuki will be a factor in it. Like, you know, he'll still be around, just might not be as active as he is now. But uh, yeah, no, I think that's I think everybody kind of sees that as as a direction for Suzuki. We've
1: got a special singles match with Okada against Great Okan. So yeah, let's dig into that osprey heel turn here, which yes. according to Dave Meltzer was all planned by Chris Jericho. He was the mastermind behind it all. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he brought in B Priestley, uh, Great Okan is back, and there was a n- nice bit of long term storytelling, which Manabu pointed out months ago. He says that Oka or Okan hates Okada because uh, Oka is a huge anime otaku and a big fan of Suzuko Mimori, who is Okada's wife. So he had the reason to attack oh. Okada. So there you go, it's just, it, it runs deep there. So yeah, you, you set up this new faction, they seem to be called the Empire. Some people have said they think that's problematic, You know, they're throwing back to uh, connotations about the British Empire and colonialism and all that stuff. So you know, mm-hmm. I, I will wait and see how it plays out before I'm ready to cancel Will Ospreay again for that. But uh, yeah, certainly when I hear Empire, it, it's not a, a positive thing in my mind, at least. Uh, so Vase Collector says, who seems susceptible to being recruited by... Empire Bork says Dave Meltz was giving info that Cobb was going to get the slot O'Conn has Will Ospreay. How do you think he would fit in comparison? Any thoughts on whether he or others may be added later? Uh, Andrew says, Do we get Will and O'Conn in the World Tag League? Uh, so, yeah, David, what were your thoughts on the Empire Osprey's heel turn, B Priestley coming in, great O'Conn coming back? How do you feel about it?
0: Ah, uh, well, I like the turn, and I think, like I said, I think. The, the handwriting was on the wall for that. So we 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 knew something special was going to happen at that match. Um, we just didn't know how it was all going to pan out. Uh, I am okay with the faction. Again, I'm not the biggest fan of factions, period. But, again, you're going to have Will break away. We got to have to have – I mean, it was either that or having him join fucking Bullet Club, which – I mean, I've had people tell me that was the original plan Um, so, I mean, I don't know if it was or it wasn't, but I've had it said to, to us that that might've been a, a direction they were going to go. And, you know, that, that was on the table. So um, I think I like this option a, a, a bit better. Uh, I didn't know, uh, there was going to be involvement with uh significant others and girlfriends i don't know what that means when when it comes to other uh people from stardom being involved a little bit more actively in a in a new japan ring don't know as far as as we
1: know so far it's just b priestly so is it I I, I, i don't think that's a sign of the doors opening to more stuff with stardom but you never know but as far as we know not yet okay all right um
0: you know okern O'Khan. uh i liked his look it's the first night the second night i could have done well. yeah
1: yeah i agree cuz he looked great he looked like a james bond villain yeah and i really i thought wow this guy looks terrific and then he came out with exactly the same gear that he did when he did the red appearance the right, right jiangshi the, the chinese hopping vampire gimmick so I, I would love to see him go back to something more like the first night than the second night but in terms of the earrings, rings i thought it was good i like the the screaming, I thought that's a nice touch because he does look like a crazy boy. So uh, on the whole, I, I would say it was a thumbs up.
0: Yeah, I absolutely do, and I think it. You know, look, he's, half our our audience feels Will is a heel. In, just in general, uh, I don't think that will make them cheat. You know, kind of you know, hop on board with Will now that he's a pro wrestling heel. Uh, Are, 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 and again, I, excuse my ignorance on this and my, my historical knowledge, but
1: people are upset at the Empire name? Really? It's the fact that you have the name the Empire which brings up connections to the British Empire and then Okan sort of positioned as this sort of mongolian chinese impression of a manservant for osprey that just in general paints a picture where you, you sort of side eye it like mm, not sure about this one okay i, I mean i
0: don't i am I'm, I'm ignorant to that side of history i guess because i didn't pick up i mean we have the empire state for new york i mean is that bad
1: <laughs> or the evil empire in star wars right right
0: uh, yeah I, I, that's that's probably more of what i got than than that so um i you know I, it might not hit as home and it may is you know i don't you know i don't know i don't i, I <laughs> truth be told i don't think that uh, will could call it that faction puppy dogs and flowers and I think people will find ways to not like whatever Will does. Um, so, yeah. All right. But I like the idea of a faction even though I am strongly anti-faction. But, yes, it's uh, it was better than the options that I heard earlier. So,
1: yeah, all for it. Uh, yeah. So Boozlepcon said, any indication from the streets that there are plans for further crossover with stardom, or is B Priest's involvement the one only one planned? Yeah. So I've, we covered that one. Uh, here's an interesting one. Classic catch says now that a certain British wrestler is, among other much more important issues, not able to be used as a selling point in the US and Europe. Who should be the face of the expansion? Do you think now uh, with everything that's happened with Osprey that they are going to be hesitant about using him for expansion, like as the the poster boy for events, let's say, in the US or the UK?
0: Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I I think the opposite. I think, I mean, I joke about it, and sometimes I do it just to joke about it, but I, I, I've been calling him future IWGP heavyweight champion. Um,
1: what does that tell you? I don't I don't know yeah giving him a win over Okada and head of a new faction doesn't scream that they're yeah. pumping the brakes on him does it
0: No it does not No it does not um and again if if that turns your stomach I could certainly understand that but it, that's, that's 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 where that is I I can't sugarcoat that for you that uh, that they, they they think the big things are are for Will Osprey, bigger than where we are now. So take that for what you will.
1: Uh, let's talk about the presentation of Okan because uh, Flynn says compare and contrast returns from excursions. Master Watto gets beaten down by Doki versus Great Okan laying out Okada, being involved in a big angle and getting a big show. Singles match with Okada And Aditya says Regarding the massive difference On how New Japan treated Kawato and Oka's return Do you think Oka's In-ring skill Is that far ahead of Kawato I think We need to keep in mind That If I remember correctly Oka was Kidani's boy Wasn't he He was like The You know The, the, uh, the yeah, golden boy some... Of that cohort Of young lions Wasn't he So that might have Something to do with it But yeah What, what do you think About the Contrast In the way he was presented And Wato was Redebuted
0: Again, I don't think that I find it hard to believe that that it's a personal thing where they're said we're going to sandbag you with this fucking gimmick and you know um, because of anything personal. Um, look, I think opportunities and and the the fact that o- Okaz is. is can play a role of that enforcer what throughout the years that we've seen, whether that is like a big Bubba Rogers or, you know, or, uh, you know, diesel, or I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm rattling off names of, of guys being like, uh, an enforce an enforcer or a henchman or, or, however you want to look at it. Um, and I think he plays that role pretty well, just giving his size and who he is and what he looks like. And, uh, the fact that he can play that kind of guy off hinge a little bit. Um, and, you know, going back to Coato, it was, you know, hey, we got this idea. We got this thing. What what can we do with it? I don't think it was a matter of of, of saying, hey, we're going to sandbag you with this fucking gimmick. It was, okay, here's the idea we got for you. You like it? Yeah, I think I can work with it. Okay, great. Well, shit to bed. Yeah. <laughs> um, and being a junior, maybe a little bit hurt, um, but it was just. I, I think this was just a matter of, here's the puzzle piece that we need fit, and this guy could do it. And I, I let's put it this way: you're not going to put Kawato in that fucking role that Oka has. You know what I mean? That's you know, it's just it's what's available at the, t- the time, and that doesn't mean we can hit. We can't hit refresh uh, on Master Wato. That, that doesn't mean we can't. Um, Things don't always stick right out of the gate. Sometimes you need a little tweaking and a little you know refreshing. Um, the, the most classic example of that is Naito. Um, sometimes you just got to hit reset and sometimes it works and sometimes that doesn't. but don't, don't think that this is a sandbagging of Watto.: Are
1: there any names that are jumping out of you, of people that you think Osprey could or should recruit his faction?
0: Uh, I, I know a lot of people were talking about uh, Robbie Eagles. We haven't seen Robbie Eagles in a long time. Um, that I think that would be a uh, a name that could easily slide into a faction like that. Right? Right? They need. They're they're going to need a junior. They're going to need a junior. So that might be a, a name. I know. Uh, even we've heard names like uh, Jeff Cobb thrown about, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I think it, that could work too. Uh, but I, I I think Robbie Eagles would be who we haven't seen in a long time um, that would be a nice that would be a nice fit I would think right I'd go, I'd go that route
1: next match for Power Struggle will be Kenta versus Tanahashi over the US briefcase so Travis says what are your feelings on a Tanahashi win over Kenta and then potentially over Moxley or whoever for the US title Tanner feels like a natural fit to be US champ as he's just as over and beloved in the States plus he brings a high level of prestige so, yeah, these guys had a very good match in the G1, so they're going to have a rematch with the U.S. briefcase. So, yeah, what are your expectations for that? And looking forward, do you, do you see Tanahashi as a guy to win it and maybe challenge or, or win the U.S. title in the future?
0: The biggest challenge for me is is the fact that we have a U.S. title that can't be defended in the United States. Like, when are we going to defend this title in the United States? Because we're not running shows in the United States, right? New Japan is not bringing over people to run New Japan shows in the United States. Now, can we bring over a guy just to do a defense on some random show? Sure, if there were random shows to be had. It's not like it was where you go over to 2300 and there's a fucking wrestling show every weekend. Where are we defending this title? On strong? Uh, I mean, that's the biggest challenge that I have. Um, I don't, it's hard for me to get invested in the U S title when you haven't seen it in fucking a year. How do you get title? T- is it just going to be, are we just waiting and waiting, and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for COVID restrictions to end? I'm mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's still a 14 day quarantine, right, Joel?
1: Yeah, that's right. And again, is that something that John Moxley is going to be willing to do for right. one show? Probably not worth right. it. No, I mean because he's got to work here
0: for the the main company that he's you know that he, that he works for. He's like a sit in quarantine for fourteen days to drop the U.S. title. Yeah, your minds, uh, that that fucking thing is getting mailed back is what's going to happen. Um. And it'll take probably just as long to fucking get the package. It'd be quite but, awesome. I
1: mean, now you've got the briefcase. Does that is that not an adequate standing for the belt itself? Can you not just have guys feuding over the briefcase until Moxley is able and willing to return, or do you think it's just pull the plug on it now? Can we be very frank about this U.S. title? Who
0: gives a fuck at this point? Like, what is it? Does anybody give a shit about it anymore? Does, is it important? Do we even need it? Like why was why we had it so that we could, again, have a title defended in the United States, build a pro- – New Japan is not – like their eyes are not on the United States at this point. It, just, it's just not. Why would it? We can't – they can't get into this country. And why would they want to come – there is no way we can run shows. Where are we going to run shows? Florida? Okay. Yeah, the company's going to bring over their talent to to risk infection, and then bring it back into their country. Oh, uh, yeah. Let me check your passports. Oh, okay, Japanese citizen. Well, uh, welcome home. Uh, where, where were you? Oh, we were in the United States. Oh, really? Where? Florida. Okay. Please come in this room. We have we have some tests we need to perform for you. I didn't, nobody's gonna do that. And again, I'm talking about it in like as of even right now, even before then, we've had troubles with all right, is this belt rolling? What, what are we doing with this title? What does this mean? Okay, what? you know, it's always been this kind of thing where it's never really been a thing. Drop it, throw it in the fucking bin. It's 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 becoming more of a hassle than anything else, to be honest with you. Yes, they can fight over the, the, the briefcase, but – okay, we're fighting over the briefcase for a fucking year? I, I just I, – I as you like to say, Joel, the juice is not worth the squeeze. And as you also like to say in Instagram videos, no, 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 no. Uh, no, no. <laughs> oh, you saw the video with the naughty chair. Yes, I did. And that's all we do in our house anymore. We'll just walk up to each other. Uh, no, 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 no. know. Uh, no. This is the greatest video ever. It, 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 you want to set i a, a trendsetter in the McDonald household. It is unbelievable. We look forward to your videos every fucking day. We, <laughs> and, and we're disappointed when we don't see them. Let that be known. But the naughty chair, uh, top three. Top three uh, videos are from you. Absolutely.
1: Uh, speaking of great videos, I want to give a little hat tip to Kenta with his cameraman promos because... I don't know if you've seen it yet, but that little sort of three-way interview thing that he does uh after oh, the finals yeah. was just brilliant, absolutely brilliant, where it's like this sort of love triangle where the fat cameraman, he's angry when the fat cameraman shows up and he's in a loving relationship with the other cameraman and then they sort of get jealous of each other and apparently the the cameraman that he loves was leaving. I saw someone post on Reddit that uh that was the cameraman's last day. So Apparently, uh, yeah, it was a, a little thing cooked up by Kenta. So wonderful stuff. Yeah. I think the, nice the, the post match promos have been a really, uh, a real gold mine. You know, Kenta, Zach, uh, Jay White, uh, Juice, there's just been some really outstanding stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I think if you. Uh- one of the the treasures of G One have absolutely been the post match interviews. They've been uh, there. There's been plenty of gold, and uh, as you have pointed out that I that I've seen, uh, our Twitter followers we we get more responses just posting comments on their videos <laughs> than we do about like breaking news. Uh Twitter!
1: All right, our next match then is Ibushi versus Jay White for the IWGP Briefcase. These guys just got great chemistry in the ring, out of the ring. After the G1 final, Jay White came out and challenged Ibushi backstage over a couple of Zimas. And you could just... There's just the chemistry between them. The way they're playing off each other was just tremendous. And, yeah, very watchable. If you haven't seen that, definitely go out of your way to check it out. And so, yeah, like we said, the the night 17 in the G1, it was all about Jay White losing. That was a story. So... We're looking at this Bullet Club situation. I was thinking maybe Evil makes the final. So now Evil is the guy who's delivering results, but Jay White isn't. But they both fucked up. They both shat shat the beds at the end of their respective blocks. So it's like a sort of interesting stalemate. I thought they might do something more decisive with Jay White come the end of the G1, but they didn't. He's now going to face Ibushi for this briefcase. So for the time being, Bullet Club is fine. So... What are your expectations for this match? Let's look at a couple of questions. Anwar says, when Jay White is booted from Bullet Club, do you think he stays solo, joins another group, or creates one? Uh, Gus says, Jay White's whole deal is that he can't win without interference. Why in KFB would Gato stick with him when he was used to managing the best wrestler in the world for years? And how do you envisage White's transition to mega babyface? So, is this the moment they do it, David? What are you, your thoughts with regards to Ibushi versus Jay White, both in terms of the result of the match and the result for Jay White? One thing that sticks
0: in me is like again, if they haven't switched the briefcase uh, to date, and why not this year? If they're going to do it, crazier things have happened, and it really feels like a legitimate threat to a briefcase more than any other year. It feels like right, um, like Jay White winning that briefcase. You you could one hundred percent see it, it. It would be you know, no one would bat an eye. Um, I don't know where I, I don't want to speculate on where Bullet Club will be going and how this will eventually go. Know in my heart that I you know I think and I've said it for months that this ends with Jay White being big time babyface. Now whether that's he forms his own faction, okay, we're getting a lot of a lot of their own factions in a short amount of time, okay. Um, who's in there? I have no fucking clue. I don't know if it's, you know, Wolfpack bullet club or what we're going to have. Uh, but know that I think at the end of the day, we're looking at, uh, Jay White splintering off and, and having a wonderful baby face run. Um, but to answer your question, do I see a briefcase being changed here? I'm going to go with a yes. I'm going to say yes. A briefcase will change.
1: Mm, Interesting. I, I'm going to say no at this point, just because I think Ibushi Naito Mm. is a Tokyo Dome worthy main event, and I'm not sure that a rerun of Jay White versus Naito, at least with Jay White in the heel role, is something you want to go back to that quickly. But uh, you never know. I mean, the Jay White could be on his way to the the face turn already. I don't know if you saw his backstage thing where he gave a hug to, I think it was Mima Shimoda for putting the chair out for him each night. Cheers. So there you go. Just some little signs there apologizing to Yujiro, having a little Zima toast with Ibushi. Maybe he's starting to turn the corner. Um, okay, and our main event for Power Struggle is, for the fourth time this year, we have Tetsuya oh. Naito versus Evil for the IWGP <laughs> Intercontinental title uh, Pleber says By the time Naito vs. Evil Number 672 Happens before the end Of the mm-hmm. year Do you think it will Ever get good Steele O'Neill says Do you think that Naito vs. Evil Is just an unfortunate byproduct of how This year's G1 was booked Seems like no other Challenger would work Without changing Everything in both blocks And all the stories Move forward Mark says Who would you have Had Naito face instead of Evil at Power Struggle. Sanada or Tanahashi, if they'd reverse that result or gone to a draw, or even Hiromu, a more compelling match,es rather than a lame duck match as Evil clearly isn't a headline in the Dome. So, what are your thoughts on this match being booked yet again, and who do you think wins?
0: Yeah, yet again, right? Um, I think Naito wins, uh, which further pushes... Although you know, if if evil were to win again and Jay win, that would be your Bullet club story in a nutshell, right there, right? Um,
1: it's interesting you so, said because we did get questions about that. Anger says, with the power struggles, what are the chances we pivot to Jay versus Evil in the main event of Wrestle Kingdom? I'd much rather they spoil each other's matches, to be honest, and see. Right. Crystal says, what are the chances Ghetto surprises us and gives us Jay and Evil for the title of the Dome instead right. of Ibushi Naito?
0: I mean, look, this whole G1, we were chasing the fucking, uh, the tail of the dragon while the head was, you know, I don't know what I'm trying to say. there. You know what I mean? We, we missed the mark is what I'm trying to say. And we missed the story completely. Um, so could we be missing the story again here? I mean, we're focused on one thing, but they could, they could absolutely give us another and, and we've got our Bullet Club story. I don't think they would do that. Um, I would, look, Joel, that would be another, correct me if I'm wrong, would that be another one and done for Naita? He would have one title defense? And Yes. Luke. Yeah, that's right. Would they do that again? Wait a second No he hasn't he, No they're, they're So successful this one right That would be just Done right
1: Yes So the first reign He successfully turned against Ishii yep. Then lost to yep. Okada Second yep. beat, uh, Defended against Kenta Lost to Evil And he hasn't defended yep. it yet Since winning it back off Evil
0: Would they do that? Would they do that Joel?
1: Hmm you know, it's 2020, so I can't, with any certainty, say oh. no, absolutely not. I don't think so. I wouldn't book that if I was in charge. But would I be absolutely stunned if they did it? Not really. With all the crazy really? shit that's happened. Ah, oh, that, I
0: can't, like, I, like I'm like i being dead serious. I cannot imagine him losing that title again to evil again. Ah, oh. I mean, I, Naito's Teflon as it is, but boy, if they did that again, holy shit, that would be, that would be fucked. I got to be honest with you. That would be really fucked. Could you imagine? Give me, give me a scale of one to 10. You think of that happening? And again, knowing full well what that means, we're, Jay winning a briefcase, evil winning a title. Give me a scale, of one to ten. Two. Yeah, they can't fucking do that, could they? Two. All right, I'm going two. Oh my god, every Naito fan is like, literally, they're they're they got a lump in their throat right now. Because because they've been fucked before.
1: <laughs> Why do you think they've they keep been... going back to it, though? Why are we getting so many matches know. with
0: evil? Look, I've heard many people talk about you know. A booker has a shelf life, and there's only so much creativity that you have in your head. Um, and it, again, let's, and to be very clear, this is not a one-man dance party. This is this is a you know a, a, a multiple moving parts, and lots of people have their say in big decisions like this. Uh, but it filters through a person, right? I'm sure. Uh, the fact that we're sitting here even speculating that that's that this is on the table, oh, my God, it blows my mind. It blows my mind. I'm going with a two with, with, with you, Joel. But, oh, my God, if they did it, would there, would, would there be a riot? Would there be – I think it would turn a lot of people off. I think people would be at the end of their fucking rope. And arguably, on a guy who is. I would say Naito's the most popular guy in New Japan. Wouldn't you? Yeah, I think that's fair. How many times can you do that to the fucking guy before. If you're a fan, you're just like, well, he'll, you know, it, even if he does one again, he's losing it in fucking six months anyway, so who gives a shit? Like, how many times can you go to that fucking well and, and, and bank on the fans still being there and supporting the guy. Because he becomes a geek at that point. I'm sorry, he just
1: fucking does. There's quite a few notable omissions from this card, Damon. So nothing for Osprey, no Juice, no Jeff Cobb. Some people speculating they might be on their way back to the States, maybe even doing a few strong tapings. Uh, (laughs) Andrew says, who's the biggest omission from the Power Struggle card? Sanada. Hiromu, Taichi, Master Wato, or Doki? So anyone standing out at you that you really expected to be on this show that isn't, or do you think it's just the nature of the beast? We we're only going to have six matches, and some people are going to miss out. It is the
0: nature of the beast. Um, I am surprised no Osprey. I am su- a little bit surprised no Juice. But, um, I mean, listen, we've we've got the way this year has gone. You know, we've gone long stretches where we haven't seen people, you know, When was the last time you saw a guy like fucking Taguchi? You know what I mean? Uh, Besides, you know, finals nights when they decided to, you know, do your tag matches all throughout. Uh, And he wasn't even on the final show, was he? He wasn't on that show. Um, Taguchi specifically. Not that I give a shit what the fuck Taguchi does, but. um, Yeah. A couple names that are are off that are kind of surprising. Will being one of them. Sonata being the other one. Those are probably the biggest two.
1: All right, but if you wrap up questions for the G1 then, Daryl says, I just love the G1. It's been a highlight and a horrible year for myself and many others. Aww. question is, what is the withdrawal going to be like after the final? Personally, Damon, I welcome having the free time to do other stuff, You know, play a bit of Final Fantasy, read my books, uh, watch some new movies. So uh, how are you feeling about the end of the G1? you get withdrawal symptoms or are you pleased to have the spare time? Um,
0: There is something comforting having it in the sense of you turn on your TV every morning and there's something that you're probably going to enjoy Um it is it does it, it this this year was a little bit rough just kind of scheduling wise getting shows watched in in a timely manner and scheduling around doing a show Um I'm always kind of relieved when it's done like I can't imagine doing like a daily show you know what I mean like oof, that would exhaust me Um. I don't know, this one felt, a, as much as they tried, and I enjoyed, I would say, the, the, the majority of G1, I don't know if it felt exactly like a G1 to me.
1: Yeah, it, it, was it felt good. like sort of 80% of a real G1. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I'm just looking on the bright side, I'm grateful that we got a G1 that yes. uh, many times felt like a real G1. Yes, yes.
0: Absolutely, um, and again, there was a lot of hiccups along the way. I mean, you know, you got fucking Kevin Kelly and Chris and Rocky, who sounded like they were on a fucking cell phone <laughs> doing commentary. Uh, I felt bad for them, um, but they made it work. Uh, it's been a look. What, what are you going to do? I, I feel look. I'm, I'm. I feel bad for the for the person who was talking about. You know, it was kind of like a little bit of, of uh, a bright light in their day. So. Yeah, I mean, listen, you got best of the super juniors to, to, to kind of fill that void a little bit, which I think will be very good.
1: Bash says, what well, your three favorite matches of the tournament? Uh, a caveat to this. One, a match for the storytelling element. Two, a match for the best work rate. And three, a match that you thought was going to be rubbish but exceeded your expectations when you watched it. So for me, storytelling element... Um, hmm, that's a tough one. I really liked Okada Shingo and there was a story in that in as much as this is Okada trying to piece things back together and get back to his best so I guess that would satisfy that criteria best work rate uh the Taiji versus Ibushi count they were working really hard to kick <laughs> each other uh match on paper that I thought was going to be rubbish but exceeded my expectations um all of the Yoshihashi matches basically yeah his whole tournament yeah. Yeah,
0: um, I would say from a story storytelling perspective, I thought Naito and and Tanahashi the first night, like from a, from a pro wrestling standpoint, the idea of Tanahashi being a guy that again everybody kind of feels is battered and bruised, and he just came out fired up, like when he was hitting those those dragon screws. Ah oh, oh, man, had I me mean, on my couch. Uh, favorite match is Shingo and, and will. Um, I thought that match for me blew away just about everything else. Um, in G one. Um, and the one that surprised me that I liked that I, you know, didn't think going in, maybe Taichi, uh, Ibushi. Um, and again, I didn't think I wasn't going to like it, but I, um, I was just kind of fascinated by the, by what they did. And, uh, and they made it interesting and compelling, really working one move, a kick. Um, and that's a big again, people do that on a spot show just to have a little laugh between the boys. They did that on a big show um and to make it work and make it compelling was was pretty
1: amazing. so uh, I'll go that one. Luis says, I don't know how you guys feel, but having no three-man tag or two-man tag matches during the G1 tournament made it manageable to watch every show, getting straight to the block matches. Should this be the format from now on for future G1 tournaments? Yeah, they, oh, they were certainly very easy to watch, weren't they?
0: Yep. Made it so great. Again, you had a nice little appetizer with a Young Lions match that were usually really good, but then you were kicked right into the, the tournament. Yeah, you didn't have to sit slog through fucking multi-man tags where people are pointing at each other, and I'll see you tomorrow uh we get it uh yeah no i'm i I think this format was perfect um shows by and large were like two two and a half hours that's a that's a perfect time for a pro wrestling show especially when you gotta watch one every day so i was a huge fan of the format this year
1: all right well let's uh wrap it up there and i will say our goodbyes so redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to show some appreciation and send us some money it's always appreciated our Discord link is in the show notes. It's uh, Always good fun to meet new people, do live watch-alongs. It's all good fun there. ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash SuperJCast to buy one of our t-shirts. Thanks as always to Editor Dan, who you can find on Twitter at LousyHero219. And also subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Please give us a Five Snake review and kind words on iTunes always helps us. is very much appreciated. Follow us on Twitter at TheSuperJCast. Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye.